Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. So as we are getting ready this morning, did you think to yourselves, this is it. This is the final event in the Christian calendar. Am I the only one who does that? (laughs) This is the ultimate Sunday in the life of Christendom. And I'm not just talking about it, Crozet United Methodist Church or the United Methodist Church. I am talking about all of Christianity across the globe and through all time. This is the day. This is Easter. This is the biggest Sunday of the year. The biggest of them all. And when I meet people and they end up finding out I'm a pastor, they're always talking about Christmas. And they're like, oh, I'm sure you're so busy at Christmas. And I, well, yeah, of course I'm busy at Christmas. And I said, but it's all about Easter. And people look at me and go, Easter? Like the bunnies? Yes, Easter. Because lest we forget, of the four gospel accounts recorded in the scriptures, two of them talk about Christmas. All four proclaim Easter. Easter is the ultimate in Christianity. It is the day upon which all the promises, all the work, all the struggle of the Holy Spirit come to fruition and Jesus returns. It's the biggest and the best Sunday of the year. Because Easter changed the way one-third of the world worshipped. One-third of the world calls itself Christian. And had it not been for Easter, we would have continued to worship from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday as the Sabbath was. But because of Easter, the day of Christ's resurrection, we worship on Sunday. That is why we get up and we worship on Sunday morning, because every Sunday is an Easter. And if every Sunday is an Easter, then we have to make Easter bigger, bolder, shinier. We have to make Easter incredible, because like the original apostles, many people are like, Easter, who cares? Yeah, the tomb was empty. Spoiler alert. And it's important for us to remember this because we can get all caught up in looking for a surprise. We know the tomb is empty. That's why you're here. But it's important to go back. So my son who's sitting over here is named Luke and it's not for Star Wars. It's for the gospel love. I just want to put that out there. But he's named Luke and we do love Star Wars and we go to Star Wars movies and we always take him to the opening night of the new Star Wars. So when we went to the opening night of The Force Awakens, we had a great time, and then immediately people started asking him, have you seen the new Star Wars movie? To which he would respond, Han Solo dies. And so we had to teach him spoiler alert, because you're spoiling everything. You got to let him get in the story before you tell him the end. But here, everybody seems to know how the story ends. They're wrong. They've forgotten that the gospel still continues and that we are living out the rest of the story. Easter is such a big deal that it changes the world. 
Yeah, 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 it changes the world. I got brunch. I know, I know. Give me a moment. So here's what's the big deal about Easter. There's such a thing in Christendom as worship wars. Let me introduce you to this. There are people who think that all of our worship should be contemporary, that I shouldn't wear a robe or a stole, that they shouldn't be wearing robes and stoles, that we shouldn't be listening to an organ, that we should, you know, use the kind of music that we listen to Monday through Saturday. There are people who think that worship should continue to be traditional, that of course I should wear the robe and the stole, and of course we should play the organ, and we should have a chancel choir. That's what people, you know, they battle about within Christendom, which seems a silly thing for us to battle about, because at least you're in church. But here's the big deal. What you see in front of you this morning is both our 9.30 contemporary worship team and our 11 o'clock traditional worship team. And there is only one thing that would make this possible because we don't blend worship here. That's where you take pieces of contemporary and pieces of traditional and kind of try to make that work. We don't do that, but we do it one Sunday a year. One time a year are we willing to do this, and it takes us all year to do this, to work on it, to plan it, to create it, to carve it out, to give it a shot and see what's not working and tweak things so that we are ready on Easter. And I don't know if you heard them just a moment ago, but I thought they sounded pretty amazing. I thought they were pretty awesome. That's the third time they've done that. And the thing is, that was not the sound of tolerance. That's not tolerance. Tolerance doesn't sound that good. That was them setting aside their differences in order to bring their best for Jesus Christ. That was them being willing to say, they don't rehearse the same, they don't sing the same way, the same songs, they don't use the same music, they don't use the same instruments. They don't even like share space because they're not here at the same times. And they've set aside their preferences, their egos, their work habits in order to embrace what it means on Easter and come here. And only one thing will let them do that. Only one thing will make them do that. And it is not me. It's not even Linda. It's their love of Jesus. It's the only thing that can bridge those gaps and bring these opposing sides together. It's the only thing that will unite and overcome is our love of Jesus Christ. And we put it all out on the table. All of us. The love of Jesus Christ brings people from opposite sides of the liturgical scale together. The love of Jesus Christ can overcome the barriers and the separations of people from opposite sides of the political spectrum. The love of Jesus Christ can unite people who are fans of opposing sports teams. It's amazing what Jesus can do. He can change the world because he's changing us. And Easter is the day when we proclaim most loud, most boldly, that Jesus Christ is risen and we are never going to be the same. And because we have been changed, the world will not be the same. Things must change. They have to because we're not going to go about our lives the same way. He emptied the tomb that we might put in it our regrets, our doubts, our fears, our sin, our guilt, our death. So that we don't have to fear. We can be liberated and illuminated and liberated to be exactly who we were called to be. Forgiven, loved, and freed people. Easter is about everything everything that we are called to be. 
And so today we gather here and we worship and we proclaim louder and bolder that he is risen. He is risen indeed. Darn right he is. Yes. She going to get it. I'm getting there. I'm getting there, Luke. I'll tell you what's really important. What's really important is that for three worship services in a row, do you know who has been driving our worship today here? I thought it was going to be me. It is not. It's the kids. The kids. At 8.30, they came up here and got their eggs and wouldn't go back. They literally sat here while I preached around them. And then one of them, it was so cute, she sees her dad, like, circling. She just turned her back like, I don't know where he is. I'll just sit here. And then last worship service, this cute little girl with bunny boots came up, and she, she, her dad's like, come here, come here. And she's like, what? No. And then she tried to grab my shoes. The kids have been leading us. That's not Easter. That's Christmas. Easter is adults turning the table on y'all. Easter is about us showing you that we are excited because we believe in the possibility. We believe how important it is. Yesterday, in between Good Friday and Easter morning, was a rough day for me. Because while I would have loved a day just to get ready, I had to go over to hospice house and visit someone who was dying. I had to help a family who have a two-week-old child in the NICU unit, NICU unit over at UVA Hospital. I had to confront the fact that I have an animal that's no longer going to be with us by next Easter. And so all of these things are swirling, and you know the only thing that let me hold it together was that I knew that today was coming. That death doesn't have the final answer. That death is not the end. Because that tomb was open, my tomb will be open. And the person who's on hospice care, her tomb will be open. And no matter what happens to that baby, that baby's tomb will be open. All of us will rise from the dead because Jesus Christ showed us not only is possible, it will happen. That is why the resurrection of the Easter story is so important. And we can overcome. If you go out today from here and you stop and say to somebody, he is risen, every Christian will respond with he is risen indeed. And this is huge because it actually overcomes gaps in Christianity. If you stop and you see a Catholic and you say to them, he is risen, they're not going to go, did you show up in mass this morning? They're not going to do that. Because today, we are actually all brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Today, Jesus Christ has melded schisms in the church, hundreds of years old. We are able to overcome, not because we are so amazing, but our God is. We are able to do what we need to do. And we have to show that to the children. So that they will be proud to call themselves Christian disciples. We are modeling that for them. That's why it's such a big deal for us to shout and, and have joy. There's a tradition in the high liturgical church called burying the hallelujahs. So instead of saying hallelujah or hallelujah all during Lent, those 40 days, not including Sundays, before Easter, people don't pray it, they don't say it, they don't sing it, I wouldn't preach it, and you wouldn't respond with hallelujah because we're saving it. It's buried in the tomb and then it will resurrect on Easter. 
And so it's important for us to remember that kind of joy. So I need some children that want to scream and jump. Like now. Come on. Come on. You got it. You're not going to get many opportunities that you can yell and jump in church. I would embrace it if you get the opportunity. Do you want to come? No, he's like, no. Come on, girl. Come on. Awesome. All right. So he. We're going to give it a shot. What's the word? Hallelujah. Right? That's the word. So on the count of three, we are going to jump as high as you can. Can you jump? Can you get air? All right. We're going to jump. And we're going to say what? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you ready? One, two, three. Hallelujah. They didn't get it. You know how they didn't get it? They didn't shout it back. So you got to do it again, and then we'll see if they can be louder than you. Are you ready? One, two, three. Hallelujah! They're getting there. They're getting there. Now I'm getting happy. Now I'm getting happy, Luke. We are getting there. You are the ones who need to remind us that we need to be saying hallelujah a lot more. Okay? And we will do it. Because you are our inspiration. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right? All right. So may it be so in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 930 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.